This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. Thrilled today to be joined by Winji Mayo. Winji is the Senior Vice President and Chief Experience Officer at Texas Health Resources, a, a brilliant leader. She's going to talk to us today about where she's most focused, what she's seeing in competition strategy, plus advice for emerging leaders. Winji, can you take a moment, tell us a bit about yourself and a little bit about Texas Health Resources. Sure. Well, first, thanks for having me, Scott. Um, as you mentioned, I'm Wendy Mayo, and I serve as the Chief Experience Officer at, for Texas Health Resources. Texas Health um, cares for more patients in North Texas and the Dallas-Fort Worth area than any other health system. Our portfolio includes over 350 points of access across the region, including 19 acute care hospitals, a physician group with over 1,000 providers, and ambulatory services that range from urgent cares to ambulatory surgery centers to neighborhood care and wellness centers. Through our partnership with UT Southwestern, we have one of the largest Medicare ACOs in the country and a Medicare Advantage plan. And we also have a JV Health Plan, Texas Health Aetna, with our colleagues at, obviously, CVS Aetna. Um, As for me, I just celebrated my 21st anniversary with Texas Health. Um, I'm a biomedical engineer by background and spent 15 years in hospital operations before joining our system leadership team to lead our transformation efforts. Currently, my role is to drive the future strategy for Texas Health, one that is consumer-focused and makes care reliable, affordable, and convenient for our community. And once um, we have aligned on that strategy, work with our operational leaders to translate our strategy into reality across our organization. And and would you tell us, how is strategy evolving? I mean, there's so much movement afoot in in trying to figure out what what a health system should look like, how it should deliver services. Talk for a moment about how strategy is evolving and what you're seeing. Yeah, well, the industry is evolving in several ways. You know, I think first front and center Patients and consumers of healthcare uh, just simply expect more from us. You know, the pandemic accelerated online adoption in almost every industry, including healthcare, and upped the ante on our expectations for speed and convenience. I mean, I can get a glass of wine delivered to my house with dinner in less than 30 minutes from, you know, 50 different restaurants. And those enhanced experiences that we now expect um, and enhanced not just from the wine, right, that are in all other aspects of our lives, really raise the bar for healthcare. Um, we aren't just competing against other healthcare experiences. We are competing with other experiences, period. And as I think most of us, you know, within the healthcare sector would admit, we're not as far as ahead as we could be. Looking inside ourselves, you know, looking inside the healthcare sector, the lines between payers and providers are being blurred, and new entrants, specifically from retail and tech, are introducing products and services into the market with both velocity and veracity. Um, With regards to the first item, you know, we see every large payer growing or acquiring direct clinical care capabilities, whether it's CVS developing their in-store health hubs that expand on the Minute Clinic concept, or Humana bolstering their post-acute offerings with the recently announced acquisition of um, Kindred uh, at at home, or the growth of OptumCare, the provider arm of a United, you know, so-called payviders, right, are definitely a thing. 
Um, and the opposite is true as well. Large health systems like ourselves are developing increased capacity to take on risk, whether through ACO arrangements or government risk-sharing programs like MSSP or NextGen, or we're offering full-risk products through Medicare Advantage, partnerships with payers, um, like our own um, JV with CVS Aetna, or through our full provider-sponsored health plans, many health systems have definitely crossed over as well. No, Wendy, so talk about this. So large health systems, the largest provider in North Texas, a huge area, Texas Health Resource, brilliantly run by Barclay Burden and you and your team. I mean, brilliant, brilliant health system. How do you respond to both on one hand, you know, Optum's the most clear example of these, you know, payers becoming providers. I guess CVS Aetna, both CVS Aetna and Optum are both two of the six largest companies in America. And I don't think everybody really realizes that, United Healthcare and CVS Aetna, two of the largest by revenue companies in America. How do traditional health systems compete there, but then also compete on the other side with the retail and technology players that are evolving in healthcare too? Where does the health system carve out its spot to make sure that it survives, thrives, is first with patients and so forth in this evolving world of the pair competition and the retail tech competition? Yeah, that's a great question, Scott. Um, you know, I think where for providers um, or, you know, traditionally who have been providers, we really need to stay true to our true north. You know, what are we good at? Where do we have a right to win? And while perhaps traditionally we thought of payers as people we competed against, you know, there are opportunities to partner where it makes sense. Um, we have relationships with United and Optum. So, for example, we have ambulatory surgery centers um, that are joint ventured with SCA. And SCA, as you know, was um, acquired by um, Optum. And we have continued um, a great working relationship there. We've talked about our JV plan with CVS Aetna. Um, we believe that um, when you can find areas of combined interest and aligned goals, um, that working together for the betterment of the community, for the betterment of the patient or the member or the consumer, however you want to describe them, is not necessarily a bad thing. And I would say the same thing on the tech side, you know, the retail tech side. Um, you, you know, outsiders look in and see a sector that is ripe with opportunity, and they look at it differently. So whether it's companies that are disrupting, you know, traditional primary care or creating new ways to manage chronic disease, or you know, um, reimagining the entire member experience for employers. Um, we have to keep up with the explosion of these new companies and the disruption that they are bringing. Um, just one example of that, you know, Texas Health is the largest provider of behavioral health services in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So we are always looking for ways to improve access and efficiency. So we keep pretty close tabs on new ventures in the space. And, you know, while there was already interest in funding digital first and behavioral health, innovative behavioral health solutions prior to last year, these investments have skyrocketed. I saw a statistic earlier this month that in 2020 alone, there was over $2 billion, a billion with a B, of venture capital committed in the behavioral health space. And, you know, there are, um, there are new companies coming online that you know, with a partnership where we see, you know, we provide that last mile of healthcare, we have that relationship, um, 
in a way that a digital first or a digital only company may not be able to provide the entire continuum of care. Um, but in partnership, we could offer a really innovative solution in the marketplace. And we're all up for exploring all of those. You know, we're not so um, egotistical as to think that we can build and be all things to all people. Um, and, you know, partnership has been a key component of our strategy for many, many years and will continue to be in the future as well. Thank you. And, and when you talk about what are you most focused on, and, and, and I saw your comments about it's not us versus them, it's us and them. It's sort of um, building this infrastructure, building this platform that can also partner, whether it's with the providers, as you describe, or the tech and retail, but but and, and also this concept that I've, it's the first time I've heard it, you're so much in logistics, you're so much in delivery, this last mile of delivery but this last and critical mile of healthcare still resides in the hospital health system and, and trying to then touch and tie into all these other systems and, and, and payers and retail and tech. Thank you for that, that clear, that thought process, that thinking. Talk to us a little bit about what are you most excited about this year? Where are you most focused and excited this year? Well, honestly, when you say what are you most excited about, I have to say totally unrelated to strategy. What I'm most excited about on a personal and professional level is um, the excitement and relief at the stark contrast in risk and uncertainty for our frontline caregivers between this time last year and today. Right? <laughs> um, our care teams really selflessly continue to care for patients when there were so many unknowns to themselves and their families for months on end. and um, I would say with the arrival of vaccines and the growing body of evidence-based knowledge on both protection from and treatment of COVID um, successfully, I'm glad that our teams no longer have to worry about their personal safety. Um, having said that, one of the things we are putting particular attention and resources toward this year is the support of our employees as they begin processing and working through the stress and for many, the trauma. Um, that they lived through over the past 18 months. Um, so when you, it's funny when you first ask that question, that's what I think about. But, you know, from a more strategic standpoint, um, we are focused on building on the capabilities that we advanced really before, prior to, and through the pandemic and taking them to the next level. Things that we've already talked about, you know, how do you provide that seamless experience? Who do you partner with to do that? so that um, the care is easily accessible and affordable for all of our consumers um, in the communities that we serve. Um, and I'll give you a couple examples of that. So for example, we know that employees, um, all employees, um, continue to see an increase in deductibles and paying for care continues to be an increased burden for many families. Um, in most cases, you know, we as a health system aren't able to control the rise in these cost shifts and plan design, but we can provide more personalized and timely options for our patients and their families. And I, I remember talking to um, a dad who um, he and his wife both worked, and their insurance had gone from, you know, a family plan where their combined deductible was $15,000 for the family, which if you think about it is already a lot of money to where they now had to have each individual meet their deductible and they were, you know, a family of five. So imagine his angst. He's got to make sure 
God forbid, you know, something happened to every member of his family that he's got $25,000 stocked away to take care of the health care needs of his family. And he was weighing, you know, do I go on vacation this summer and roll the dice and hope that nobody needs, you know, health care for the rest of the year? Or do I not do that and save that just in case so my family doesn't go into more debt? And um, we heard many of these stories and started working on that. And so in 2019, our finance team introduced a simplified way for a family to manage all of their medical bills in one place. And if a payment plan is needed, there we have financial concierges to take the time to understand their personal situation and work together to determine a payment plan that's personalized, that works for them. We also know that being able to understand the cost of care ahead of time is also important, and we spent a lot of time working on providing accurate and meaningful estimates that, again, are personalized to the clinical situation of that patient versus a generic, you know, off-the-shelf estimator tool. And, um, and we're getting... you... yes. Let me ask you one question real quickly. Sorry, I wanted—I didn't want to lose the thread on the $15,000 deductible. Yeah. Somebody's got a $15,000 deductible. What does that mean for their monthly insurance cost? I mean, because most of us look at it and say between insurance costs and deductibles, it, you know, it, today you're talking fifteen, twenty thousand 20000 a year, but that's often 12000 in insurance cost and five to 6000 in deductibles. But what does the person's insurance cost look like with $15,000 deductible? I mean, is it 15 and 15? Because that's brutal. I mean, what is, what is that? Do you have a sense of that or no? Um, you know, I think it depends. Each employer obviously has different plan design. Um, but we have talked to employers where they said, no, my premium hasn't gone down, right? Um, I'm not paying less in premium. My deductible just continues to go up and up and up. And so it's on top of. And so in this particular situation, you know, it's a family. They're both teachers with three kids. They're responsible, you know, fiscally responsible adults. Um, but you can imagine what that burden is on their family. That's brutal. That, that's mm-hmm. truly brutal. I hope their premiums are not 15000 a year or 12000 a year, too, because <laughs> that's a crazy amount of health care costs. Would you, yeah. you, let me let you finish your last thread on, on what else you're most focused on. But that's, I mean, some of these tools to help patients manage their economics of healthcare. I mean, it's, it's insane some of those costs you're talking about. It is. And, you know, um, medical bankruptcy is the number one reason people are de- um, declaring bankruptcy in this country. And um, we want to be part of that solution. And we're using tools like the ones I just described and using predictive analytics and looking at machine learning so that people can get personalized estimates and personalized payment plans because we know this continues to be a challenge. Um, You know, switching gears a little bit, another example is um, continuing to expand affordable access to care. You know, whether it's through our growing footprint of urgent care centers or new digital channels. So if I've got that really expensive deductible, um, what are my other options? And so if my option was, okay, I'll go to the emergency department um, because at you know, 11 o'clock at night, that's the only option I have. How can we offer um, other options? And um, we are growing our footprint of urgent cares and other um, really bricks and mortar assets. But for several years now, we've also offered a free app that provides patients who have been discharged from the emergency department, our emergency departments, free chat access to an emergency department provider for seven days after their visit. Because we know that when you're sick and perhaps anxious while you're in the ED, you may not 
be at your best, right? That may not be the best time to absorb information and articulate all of the questions you have. So we give you the ability to do that once you've gone home. And it also gives you the ability to let us know if your anticipated course of illness isn't quite going as expected, which means we can intervene earlier. We can often avoid you know, a bounce back ED visit or an inpatient admission. And um, we've shown that um, these types of interventions reduce overall cost of care. And so we have plans to grow and expand that program to other patient populations as well um, and offer it um, through other channels. Wendy, magnificent the work that you do and it's done at Texas Health Resources. I want to thank you for taking the time to visit with us today on the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. It's always a pleasure what you're thinking and what you're doing. And, and I love mostly the idea of having wine delivered at five o'clock in, in, in less than 30 minutes. That resonated with me as much as anything, but just actually, I, I say that jokingly, just a magnificent leadership at Texas Health Resources. And thank you for taking the time to visit with us today. Absolutely. Thanks for the opportunity. Um, enjoyed it as always.